Can you imagine your life where money is your friend, working with you to achieve all your dreams and desires? If you struggle seeing money as your friend, then join Kathy Cook Noble, financial advisor and educator on understanding how your money can work for you. It is possible. Now, here is Financially Speaking with Kathy Cook Noble. Good afternoon and welcome to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. I am your host, Kathy Cook Noble, and I got a little frog in my throat, so uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, Every Monday night we get together and we talk about something financial and sometimes that's just a particular topic that people are confused on. It might be a particular concept or sometimes it's even the acronyms that get used in the financial industry. So we break that down and make it in a very usable, plain language because I say in my practice uh, during the day as a financial advisor and as a a bookkeeper uh, in my finance practice that I truly believe that everybody has the ability to understand their own stuff. And the, the problem isn't that people don't understand it. It's the, pro- the problem is the way it's presented to them. And a lot of the time, it's also presented in a way that can be a little bit intimidating with either language that they use or, um, you know, the industry itself is a little intimidating because when you use that F word finance, people seem to get a little bit nervous whether they don't want to talk about their finances because they're embarrassed, whether they don't want to talk about their finances because uh, they're of the generation where you just never did that. They don't want to talk about their finances because uh, they don't have a lot or they haven't handled things well because uh, different situations have happened. I've seen lots of situations where uh, through no fault of someone's, they have ended up in a bad financial position, whether it's through an illness, a divorce, Uh, just a lack of information or lack of knowledge because they weren't provided it, Uh, whether they had worked with somebody and that person turned out to be um, uh, not of great character and the person, the individual got taken advantage of. There's a lot of reasons why it hasn't worked out in finance for some individuals. And I always tell them that you can understand your stuff. You absolutely can. And that's what we do here on Financially Speaking. And, And frankly, that's what I do in my practice every day is I break it down in a way that makes sense for the individual because what happens with your neighbor, uh, your cousin, a, a relative, a brother, sister, your identical twin, uh, whatever happens with them is completely unrelated to you and completely different uh, for circumstances, for income, for, for retirement desires, for lifestyle preferences for everything of your life is unique to you and it's always ironic that we're comparing ourselves to other people that we see either on television or on the news or or just as neighbors or or the biggest culprit is on social media and we see people posting all this stuff that really isn't a true picture of who they are or what they have or what they do but they're living this lifestyle on social media and and people get caught up competing with them. And that's where their financial troubles start. Uh, My goal is always to not just break it down so you can understand it, but put it in a perspective that you can do it. So we don't need to know what it's like to balance six houses or three countries where we own properties. We just need to know what works for us. Now, maybe we're interested in that and that's okay. If we wanna find out, 
you know, what it's like to own different properties or different boats or stuff like that uh, in different parts of the world or in different parts of the country. Well, so be it. That's that's okay. That's that's fun if that's what you want to do. But do that after you understand your own stuff. And remember that whatever is right for you is right for you. It, it doesn't have to be approved by anybody. It doesn't have to be justified by you to anybody. It just needs to be understood by you. And it needs to be implemented by you. So when you're doing a financial plan and you start to think, how much am I going to need in my retirement, for example? What's my retirement look like? It's not just money. It's it's time. It's people you hang around with. It's the age that you're going to retire. It's the number of years you expect to live after retirement. It's the location you're going to retire. It's the type of vehicle you're going to retire with. It's the, the potential that maybe you're going to sell one of your vehicles because you don't need two vehicles or three vehicles or whatever the case is. Maybe you're going to buy a boat. Maybe you're going to travel. Maybe you're going to stay home and read. Maybe you want to redo your backyard and uh, install a pool or install uh, a gazebo or whatever the case, or maybe you want to sell your house and downsize. These are all questions that you ask yourself and retire before you retire so that you can start to put together something that makes sense for you. So if you want to retire at 55 or 60 or 65, or maybe you don't want to retire, but you want to have a change in your career where you can have some flexibility. And say maybe you want to, you don't want to retire, but at age 65, you don't want to be full time in the office. That's your plan. So then you work with that. And that is what we do on Financially Speaking. We break down all these concepts that we need to think about. We don't actually do the financial plan. That's impossible <laughs> because everybody's plan is unique. So for me to give a financial plan on uh, the show would be completely useless because it would only apply to one person. Um, potentially. So what we want to do, though, is we want to make sure that you have the tools to go and do it yourself or go talk to somebody and feel comfortable that when you're talking to that person, you're going to understand whatever uh, questions they have or concepts that come up. And you're going to feel comfortable enough to ask the questions to understand your plan. And I do have to say that that is probably one of the biggest um I don't want to say complaints, but it's probably one of the biggest standout comments that I get. And it is especially with women, whether or not we like that or whether or not we think it's right. Uh, The reality is most women will tell me that they don't feel comfortable talking to their advisor because in our world of finance, it's mostly male dominated. I get that. There's industries that are like that. Some are female dominated, some are male dominated. So be it. This one happens to be male dominated. And a lot of a lot of women I talk to, they'll say, well, I don't feel comfortable asking that question because I don't want to look stupid. Or if they're there with a spouse, then, well, he, the advisor usually asks, looks at my spouse and then I don't want to feel like I'm interrupting and, you know, look dumb or, or ask a stupid question or maybe I should have understood it because he already explained it. And I always tell them the same thing. Nobody cares or should care more about your money than you do. And if that's the case, that you are concerned about something with your money and you have questions about your money, then you get to ask them, whether it's to that advisor or you get a second opinion or you talk to somebody else, whatever the case is. But nobody can care or should care more about your money than you do. And if you have that, then I think 
that there's a problem because you need to be the one in the driver's seat when it comes to your finances. So financially speaking, we break that down and, and we're just a, a small part of the Inspired Choices Network. And truthfully, finances is a is a not so small, but it is a part of your overall lifestyle, uh, life health and uh, family dynamic, uh, community goals. Finances is a part of that. And by that, I mean, you can't just focus on finance. And people who just focus on finance usually will tell you they're missing another part in their, their, their life, whether it's uh, you know their physical health, whether it's relationships, uh, whether it's their mental health. There's a package that comes together. It's called your one person, your one body. And with that, your finances is part of making up your health and your happiness. So on financially speaking, we look after the, the financial part. But on the Inspired Choices Network, we try to do a full holistic approach. And you will find uh, many, many hosts on the show who are experts in their particular area. And you can tune in and say one day, maybe you're in business and you need a little bit of help with your business. You're not quite understanding something or it's not quite um, clear where you should go, what you should do, how you should do it. And maybe you need a little bit of support with that entrepreneurial side of you. You plug into the Inspired Choices show and you can ask questions of Christine. She's a coach and she's also the network owner. <laughs> so if you're thinking of a show, then you should reach out to Christine because it's possible that we don't have every single thing covered that we need to have covered. And the beauty of it is if you're out there thinking, gosh, you know what? They should, they don't do a show on such and such. And I really think that'd be useful. And you, you and your friends have talked about how it would be nice to have a show on such and such a topic, then reach out to Christine and talk to her because you will not find someone easier to work with or easier to guide you to being a show host. And when you think about the fact that I'm a finance person who usually deals in numbers and you wouldn't normally be on a show, let alone uh, like a uh, audio show, let alone a video show. So Christine is very good at making you comfortable with the process, making you comfortable with the network, making you comfortable with your show. So feel free to reach out to Christine and and say, hey, I have an idea about the show. I don't think you have one. Or maybe you have a topic or a particular uh, expert on a topic and it's a different way. Like finances can be looked at so many different ways. So maybe you are a finance expert, but you're more of a money coach or maybe you're more of a, a type of person who goes in and helps with budgeting or, or people, you know, having financial difficulties and debt consolidation or counseling reach out to Christine. There are a lot of people out there that that is for sure an opportunity for a show. And it would be helpful to a lot of people. Finance takes on so many broad variations and so many topics. And, and while we try very hard here uh, to cover a lot of the topics, I'm certainly not an expert in uh, bankruptcy or debt consolidation. That's not my area. I deal with it. Of course I do. And I'm happy to work with people on that. But that might that's not my particular expertise. So if that's yours and that's something that you feel should be shared, which it should be because there's a lot of people in that, that situation 
And we've been through cycles before in the market where we've gone through high levels of uh, trustees and bankruptcies. And uh, people don't fully understand the differences between trustees and bankruptcy and debt consolidation or money coaches. Uh, there's all kinds of different areas in that particular topic. Reach out to Christine and talk to her about the show. So that would be very cool for those of you out there who are thinking of it. Um, there's always room and opportunity to learn. And the, the most important thing is to make sure you pull the pieces out of our network. Um, so if you need a little bit of support on a particular topic in your life, whether it's a relationship, raising your children, uh, trading your pets, um, you know, getting some business advice, then plug yourself into the various coach, the various hosts on the show, reach out to them. They all message you back and ask questions. You actually could work with them one-on-one -on -one because they, they do that in their um, off uh, airtime show uh, in the off the air job, I should say in the daily, in their daily life. Um, and you know what? We are always open to working with other uh, topics and and ways of doing things in terms of perspectives. So reach out to Christine and uh, plug yourself in. And don't forget to download the app because it's very, it's very, very cool. I always find it's really cool the way the technology works. I love technology and it just seems to work a lot faster now. So the app is very, very cool. You can download it from the app store, the Apple store, and you can also download it on your Android if you aren't an Apple person and you can listen to it live. You can listen to the replays. You can watch it if you're on the video. Uh, you can join the chat room if it's during the live version of the show instead of a, a replay, then you can join the, the chat room and you can ask questions and we'll answer them. So for sure. I know with my show, when we're working on Mondays, when we're live, um, I get questions, I answer them. And sometimes I, We'll read the name out unless they tell me not to. <laughs> but uh, you can certainly do that and join us on the um, mobile app. It's absolutely free. So I encourage you to download. It takes no time at all. And it's super easy to, to use. You know, it's not like some apps that get a little bit complicated and always freeze up or wig out on you. This one's super easy. You'll really enjoy it. And you can always check out uh, any of the shows. Um, so that's a little bit about financially speaking, a little bit about the network. Uh, we have tonight. We have um, a little bit of a mishmash show. We're going to talk about different topics. We've had some new stuff come out on the budget with the, the new federal budget being released. Uh, by no stretch do I know everything about it. I know there's going to be changes to the Income Tax Act. I know there's going to be some new programs that are being uh, uh, unraveled. Um, we should have a little, cha little chat about that. Uh, we'll have a little chat about other financial topics tonight. So tonight's going to be a little bit of a mishmash for us to um, just talk about different financial topics and, and all my questions for all my shows, uh, all, my, all my shows topics, I should say, come from questions that people have asked me. And if you have a question or you have a particular topic that you would like to have me dissect and do a little uh, research on to present it in a show, I will do that. I, I've done, any, any show that I've done has been from either a question, a request, or from repeated questions I hear in my practice. And I think, you know what? If people are asking me this during the day, there's probably people out there at night that, that would like to know the answer too. So feel free to reach out and, and I'm happy to go through a topic for you. So we are up to our first break of the night. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll come back 
And we'll just talk about some different financial topics tonight. And this is kind of our smorgasbord of topics. So don't go anywhere. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. And we'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspire Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspire Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is the Financially Speaking Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. And tonight we are just talking about a whole smorgasbord of topics. And I mentioned before we went to break that the new federal budget in Canada has, has just been released uh, a couple weeks back. And there's a, there's a few highlights in there. There are change, some of the changes to the new home buyers program. There's an interesting one. It's the anti-flipping uh, proposal that they're working on. So flipping in, in real estate is when you take a house and you, in theory, this is how it will work. You're going to buy a house for $140,000 and you're going to do some work and update it and put a new kitchen in and paint it and put new floors in and so on and so forth. So you're going to spend $100,000 in renovations and you're going to sell the house for $350,000. You're going to make a profit of about $110,000. So flipping is when you buy the house, do the renos, and then flip it to sell. So there's been a lot of that happening in Canada. You probably know somebody that does that because we've all somehow cross paths with somebody that flips houses. So what's happened is the, the government has said, you know what, we're going to change that because we're going to get this anti-flipping proposal and um, basically we're going to sh- cut down on that. So the reasons behind it is, is taxes. It's usually about money. In my world, everything comes down to money, but uh, it is about money and the uh, taxes that they can collect on it and the way it's reported and is a primary residence and all that stuff and everything else. But 
one of the things I was just going to share with you that came out and, and it's not the bugs are not worked out of this one yet, because the concern is it's going to get so bogged down with all the exemptions because our tax act is extremely complicated, one of the most complicated in the world, actually. And it's not just um, you have a house that you flipped, you pay X in tax, submitted here. Thank you very much. End of story. It's not a straight line. It's, oh, you bought this house and you've done renovations. Now, does it is it an exemption from your primary residence? Is it, is, is it business income? Is it going to be tax at capital gains on the growth? And these are all things that you start to, to ask questions like, is this you selling a house? Is you selling it as a business? Is it an investment property? How is this going to be declared? Because the CRA, the Canada Revenue Agency, wants to know how they're going to get their taxes because you're going to owe something. So this is one of the, the challenges. Now, they have a whole bunch of exemptions under this new proposal and the exemptions themselves, is it could just bog the whole system down trying to figure out how this is going to qualify and how, you know your particular house how it will qualify and how much um, tax you will pay so under the the new rule in the 2022 budget uh, a person who sells a residence within 12 months of acquiring it so if you buy a house uh january the 1st of 2022 for example i know it's not all into play but just pretend for a minute that the new uh, anti-flipping proposal comes into play. So in January 1st, you bought a house and then you sell it June 30th, six months later. If that's the case, they're going to have the, the CRA is going to deem that to be a flip, meaning that's not your primary residence. So you bought this house for the purpose of selling it to make a profit. And they're, unless it's under one of the exemptions, which is a life event exemption, which I'll tell you in a second, then the profit from that sale, including any rental income, so even if you rented it to somebody for six months, then, or even rented it to yourself for six months, like a family member, whatever the case, then it's going to be taxed as income. It's going to be ineligible for the capital gains exemption, which is 50%, and it's going to be ineligible for the principal residence exemption. So that means whether you think you are, whether you plan you are planning to, whether you ever intended to or not, you're in business. And that business that you're in is in real estate and you're flipping properties. So you're in it. And that's what CRA is going to look at. Now, what are some of the exemptions? So some of these life events that they call for exemptions. Well, some of those are if there's a death so say, say you bought a house in January and your spouse passed away and you can't afford the house. That's why you sold it in June. That's an exemption. If there's a disability where somebody was in an accident, got hurt, had an illness, took for whatever the situation is, and their employment status changed from being fully employed to now being, a, being on a disability, then that's an exemption. If there's a birth of a new child, so you bought a condo, in January and then nine months later you had a baby and you're like oh there's no room in the house that's an exemption if you got a new job and you had to move from one province to another one city to another whatever the case then that's an exemption if there's a divorce and you moved you bought a house in January and in June or July you decide you're going to get divorced 
that's an exemption because these are all things that would require the house most likely to need to be sold. If there's an insolvency, so if you're overextended and you can't afford the house, and again, we very briefly talked about bankruptcy and, and debit or debit uh, debt obligations, then that would be an exemption if there's an insolvency. If there's a personal safety issue, so that could be many, many things. Like uh, if there was a situation where someone was being stalked, there was personal safety. If there was uh, something happening around you that that threatened your personal safety, that's an exemption. And a natural disaster would be also an exemption. So if for, and I'll give you an example for all my Canadian listeners in uh, um, out West, when they had all those fires, uh, that's a natural disaster, obviously. And when the, the fires were spreading, uh, many houses got affected and taken out. Uh, if you had sold, if you had the opportunity to sell your house under this, then that would be an exemption. So there's a lot of details still yet to be produced that we're going to need. Uh, but this is one of the things that the new budgets come out with that we want to talk about and say, what's that going to look like? You know, how's that going to affect us? Because there is a lot of um, little things that people don't realize when the budget comes out. Typically what happens is the highlights get in the news. And, and for the most part, most people don't really dive into analyzing it. Uh, most people only know of, you know, the odd thing, like you've heard rumors in Canada, for example, about the capital gains tax being changed right now it's 50%, 50-50, which is 50% claim, 50% uh, tax paid on capital gains. And there's rumors of them wanting to make that adjustment of the ratio. So what does that mean? Capital gains is if I buy something for $100 and I sell it for $150, I have gained $50 and of that $50 under the capital gains rules, if it qualifies for capital gains, then I pay tax on 50% of the gain, which is I pay tax on 50% of $25 in that example. So these are all things when, when people hear a little bit about that and they think, oh, like capital gains tax, well, what does that mean? Well, it means that if we change the rules, you're now going to pay 50% right today, you'll be paying 50% on the, the gain of the, ta the tax of the gain, which is 50% of the gain $50, you'll be paying tax on 25%. If they change it to 75%, then you're going to be paying tax on 75% of the gain. So that's why it really matters because it does affect your taxes. So those are things that haven't, that, that has not been, uh, changed yet. Um, there's a lot of reasons why people are, are uh, I don't want to say protesting, but but they're definitely having some pushback on why it should be changed and uh, why it shouldn't be changed. There's a lot of arguments against changing it because uh, it does not help in a tax efficient way for individuals. And a lot of the time, most people don't even realize that they have the tax, the capital gains. So you won't realize it potentially if you don't know about it now, but you'll just know that you're paying more tax. So uh, that's important to know. These are, um, there's just so much that when the budget comes out that you need to dissect it. And a lot of people that they, especially accountants, financial people, but accountants especially are just right into uh, the, the thick of it because they need to understand 
what's new in the Income Tax Act, because obviously they're doing taxes and they need to make sure that they're doing them right. So that's a little bit about the budget. That's a little bit about one of the potential new areas that people need to be aware of. Um, so if you're out there flipping houses, then you're probably going to be deemed a business income. And you can, or <laughs> what, what could happen is people, because it's 12 months and they could hold on to the house for 13 months before they sell it. Now, that's going to cost you because you have insurances, you have utilities, you have taxes, you have upkeep, you have, on a whole different note, you have a you have to make sure with your insurance company, if your house is, if it's sitting empty, getting ready to sell, what the insurance is going to be like, or maybe you're renting it. And you have to be careful to know whether you're renting it to somebody that is going to be able to move in a year or that you let them know that in 13 months, you're going to be selling it. There's so many pieces that it's just not a straight line. So anybody out there that's that, that has been flipping houses or is thinking about flipping it, flipping houses, just keep in mind that there are rules and, and proposals in the works that there's conversations with our federal government about what and how that's going to look when they get all the details figured out. So just keep that in mind. I'm not saying you can't do it, you just have, the rules are changing. So be aware of it. Um, one of the questions I have in our chat room is, if you're not able to specify, if you're not able to specificity budget, what would be a, first, a simple first step to start saving extra money at cost of life? Okay, so the question is about budgeting. And uh, that's a lot of times that people are, people can usually get a little bit skittish when I say anything about budgeting, because they always worry that they equate budgeting to denying myself. And that's not necessarily the case. I always think that it should be exciting to talk about budgeting, because we're just, we're 100% Budgeting is just tracking your cash. That's it. A budget is all about where's my money going? That's it. It's not about saying I can't have dinner out. It's about saying, am I eating out too often? Am I spending all my money on lottery tickets? Because we're not tracking that. We don't know how many times, and I, I have... I've talked to people that make huge money and they have none. And they're always like, I don't understand where my money is. Like I make a lot of money. Why don't I have any money left over? And I'm thinking, you're right. But you know what the missing ingredient is? You don't track it. You don't have to have fancy spreadsheets. You don't have to have uh, graphs and, and charts and complicated budgets you need to have a piece of paper and a pen and write down what comes in and what goes out and then total this column and total that column and if the what comes in is more money than the what goes out that's a good sign if the what goes out is bigger than the what comes in you gotta adjust your spending or you have to adjust your income either working more getting a raise, getting a job that pays more, taking on a second part-time job, whatever the case is, it's that simple. So budgeting, not to scare people because they hear that and they're like, oh, you know what, budget, that means I got to keep track of everything, that I'm not, not going to be allowed to go and buy Christmas presents for my kids. I'm not going to be able to go for a coffee with my friend. It's 100% not true. It's about tracking your cash. 
So we are going to, the question, if you are not able to specifically budget, then what would be a simple first step to start saving extra money costs in life? That is a great question. And we're going to take our second break and we come back. I'm going to give you some little tips about how to track your cash and forget budgeting altogether. So don't go anywhere. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. And I'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is the Financially Speaking Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. And tonight's our smorgasbord of questions. And we were just starting to talk about the budgeting part of the financial world. And I said, forget that. Don't worry about the budgeting word. Don't worry about the concept of tracking this and categorizing that and calculating every day and month and you know week or however you normally think it happens. Um, and denying yourself all the things that you like. That's not what it's about. It's about tracking your cash. So I'm going to give you a couple ideas because one of the questions was, uh, how, how do you do it without, really the question is, what's a simple first step to start saving extra money or cost cuts, cutting costs in your life? Um, it's very simple. You need to track it somehow. And I can tell you, I have a good memory. Uh, I'm pretty good with numbers. And I write it down because you don't know, uh, there's so much going on in the world and you get stressed about something, you forget something. Uh, don't make it complicated, just write it down. Take a piece of paper and a pen, buy a little book, uh, whatever the case, write it down and just write down coming money in, money out. And just money in, okay, I got paid, whatever. Got paid 1500 bucks. And then uh, sold the couch, 200 bucks. Had a garage sale. 300 bucks, got paid again, 1500 bucks. 
That's my month. That's how much money came in. Had a birthday, got 50 bucks, whatever. That's how much money came in. Money went out, paid my rent, paid my mortgage, whatever the case is, 1200 bucks. Bought groceries, 300 bucks. Uh, paid my phone bill, 100 bucks. Paid my internet bill, 100 bucks. Uh, paid the utilities, 250 bucks. Add it all up and then say, oh, okay, so I had more money. Now, what I haven't said in here, and this will be the, the bonus round, if you will, or the, the advanced version, is you also should be contributing something to a, a savings or an investment plan. And that is an automatic withdrawal. So your mortgage, your investments, automatically, top two lines, they come out every month. Now, if you can't do that or you're not there yet, just get a handle on your money first before you get complicated. Like that's not complicated, but that's more advanced, if you will. So just keep track of it like that. And then when you see every single dollar, you went to you went to the, the restaurant, you drove through and got a coffee, $1.50. You went out for dinner with friends, $25. You went out for breakfast with friends, $20. You went to a party and it was at one of the local pubs, $50 you spent in food and booze. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter, no judgment. This is where people get emotional around money. And that's that if I had to summarize up financial issues my in one particular topic, I would say it's emotion about money. And if I had to say in one word, I'd say it's emotion. Emotion is what affects people when it comes to their finances. They get all excited. They win the lottery. They go, they spend, they spend, they spend, they spend. And historically and statistically, uh, seven, about roughly seven years, you will be back to where you were or even in a worse position than when you won the money because you don't have any experience with it and you have a lot of emotion around it. So emotion is what really drives people with money, either of spending it, you, you know, it's therapy, right? Well, how many times have people said, well, you know, I need some shopping therapy. That means I'm sad. I got to go spend some money or, oh, I'm so excited. I just got a promotion. I'm going to go spend some money either by going out to celebrate or buying a gift or whatever the case so just be aware that emotion is really what drives you with your money. So track what comes in, track what goes out. Great. Then you look at it without judgment and you say, wow, I'm spending that much money going out for dinner. No wonder I'm not able to put money in my savings or investment plan for my retirement. So if I just cut back on, if I'm going out three times a week, if I cut out one, then if it's averaging $25 a night, that's $75 a week. If I cut out one of those dinners a week, I still go two, but I'm not going out three. I save four nights a month. That's a hundred bucks. That's fantastic. Get started putting that towards your savings or your investment. So that's one of the ways to, to just be aware of your money and, and separate out the emotion. And then as you get going with it, here's a suggestion on an easy way, an easy way if you want to budget. So you figured out how much you got coming in and how much you got going out. So you can set up and there's tons of free online banking that is covered by in Canada, the Canadian Deposit Insurance Corp. That means it's a bona fide, legitimate bank. And you can use it with the comfort of knowing that if that bank went out of business, then you're covered for up to 150,000 CDIC insurance. So you don't keep more than that in your bank account anyway. So set up one of these online accounts that have no fees for banking, 
zero, no fees. You have your normal account, you set up one of these online accounts, and you know that every month you have $2,500 that you have to spend on mortgage, utilities, insurance, uh, roughly groceries, because you know approximately how much you're spending. Your retirement savings is so much. You know you have this amount of money, whatever, 2,500, 4,500, 6,000, whatever your number is, it's all relative to you. So you know that $2,500 a month has to come out of your account, no matter what. So what you could do is you can use one account and have all your expenses. And my suggestion is use the one that's free. Have all your, have all your banking uh, transactions come out of there so you're not getting charged. Have all your expenses come out of there. So you transfer, you've got all this money coming into your account and you're transferring the portion over, say you get paid bi-weekly, so twice a month, sometimes three, depending on the pay period, you're gonna transfer over whatever portion you've decided you need for your expenses. And you're gonna put that portion over there. So you know you have that and all your expenses are coming out. And you're going to include your savings that you just made of $100 on your investments and your savings for your future. So it's all gonna be transferred into this account and you have it set. So either you're doing it automatically I'm not a huge fan of that because you lose control, but every month you go in and you, you pay your utility bill, you pay your insurance for your car, if it's the car, you can pay your car payment, whatever the case. And then at the end of the month, you've got your investments going over, you've paid for all your important, you know, you've taken 10% and set it aside for an emergency. And then you've got a little tiny bit left in the account. If that's what you want to go spend on, buying a new chair or buying shoes or whatever, great, because you've, you've covered off not just your expenses, but you've also covered off your future because you've included the emergency fund for um, you in case anything were to happen. You know, you always hear you have three to six months of emergency fund. Well, you're going to set it aside and you've got an investment set aside for your future. So it makes it easy. You don't have to be like, oh, can I spend this? Can I not? Because you've already moved that money over every pay. So you know all that money is being set up and withdrawn and distributed where it needs to be. And then you've got a little bit left over here and you're like, oh, I got an extra couple hundred bucks this month. So you know what? Maybe I will go away for the weekend when my friends ask me or or maybe I have a couple extra hundred dollars. I'm going to invest or save another hundred. And I'm going to move it over to my future self or put it in my emergency fund because I need to top that up a little bit. So it makes it really easy to track your money because you know that everything's being taken care of. You're not going to be short. Your mortgage isn't going to bounce. You're not going to have an NSF on your car payment because you know it's already there coming out of the right account and you don't touch it. So that's one easy way to do it. Um, another way to do it, another, and it doesn't have to be just do one of these. Another easy tip is, so you went through and you're like, oh, geez, I'm spending that much money buying coffee in the morning. So I don't want to spend that much money buying coffee in the morning because some months I'm spending, and I've seen this, some, sometimes I'm spending $100 a month, I'm spending $200 a month. It's a lot of money in coffee. And you might be thinking, okay, I can cut back there, but I don't want to deny myself because I like it. You don't have to deny yourself. Set yourself and say, you know what, I'm going to do, realistically, 
$50 a month makes sense to me. But I'm not going to keep track of it and write down, oh, okay, I spent $1.50 and then two seventy-five, and I spent this and I bought a bagel that day. So I spent, you know, $4 or whatever the case. You're going to go in at the first day of the month. You're going to buy a gift card. When you go through and get your coffee, you're going to get a gift card for $50. And you're going to use that $50. And you're going to say, here's my gift card. And you're going to, here's my gift card. Oh, I bought a bagel. Great. I bought a coffee. I bought a large coffee instead of a small coffee. Who cares? You got $50 that you're planning on spending for that particular month on coffee or food out or whatever you want to spend it on. And that's budgeting for you. It's controlling your costs and controlling what your money is being spent on. Because when that card's empty, you're done going through the drive-thru until the following first of the month when you can reload it. And that is how you're going to track your cash without getting yourself all up complicated and stressed out and up in knots because, oh, I can't remember. Oh, I forgot I went over. and Oh, I forgot I was over my budget because I didn't post something. It's on a card. It's a $50 gift card or whatever your number is. And when that card's empty, take your own coffee. It's that simple. And you can do that with just about anything at all, whether it's, you know, if you're going to this, if you find yourself going to the same restaurant all the time and you're like, God, I didn't know I was spending that much money. Well, this is a way you can very, very easily put yourself on a budget without causing yourself stress and without denying yourself. So every month, like, it's really hard. And I understand this when people say, um, you know, the budgeting and keeping track, it, it can be very stressful because you're like, oh, I forgot I had a receipt. I didn't, I didn't keep track of, or I didn't get the receipt and I forgot I spent the $20 over here. And if somebody, is, if, if, if somebody says to you, well, you, you can't go out, you can't, you can't go out and have any entertainment you can't go out and have any um uh food either drive through or sit in at a restaurant um, you can't go shopping uh you can't buy a lottery ticket then it becomes very stressful and unhappy but if you say you can do all of this it's like anything you're not gonna do things you're gonna try and do things in moderation so you're, when you buy a case of pop you're not gonna sit down and drink all 24 at the same time in the same day, you're gonna do it in moderation. You're gonna have one pop today and maybe one tomorrow, or maybe you have one in every two days, or maybe you had two today and nothing tomorrow, whatever the case is, but you're doing it in moderation. It's the same thing. We can enjoy life in moderation. We can enjoy spending our money as long as we're tracking where it's going and we're making sure that we're protecting our future self. And that's the part I always like to think about is what is my 80 year old self going to say? Like, really glad you enjoyed eating out, but what am I going to live on now? When all you had to do was cut back on one meal out eating out instead of eating out three times a week, you only ate out two times a week. And we would have been, you know, farther off and have an investment and have a retirement fund. So these are things that you just want to go, oh, yeah, you know what? I can be happy now and I can be happy later. And I just have to be aware of it. And a lot of people are afraid to uh, afraid to look at it because they're afraid that they're going to have to deny themselves. So that's my little tidbits on budgeting, which is really just tracking your cash. So we're going to take our last break of the night, and when we come back, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about uh, smorgasbord of topics and uh, tackle a couple more questions uh, as quick as we can about a TFSA versus an RSP and a line of credit versus a credit card. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. I am your host, Kathy Cook-Noble, and we'll be right back. 
Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is the Financially Speaking Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspireChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at BookKeepPlus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network, and I am your host, Kathy Cook-Noble. Tonight's been our smorgasbord of topics, and we've talked a little bit about the federal budget and things to look for. We've talked a little bit about uh, tracking your cash, also known as budgeting to people who are afraid of it. And I just mentioned before break, I threw out a few acronyms, the TFSA versus the RSP. And this is a question that comes out a lot. What's better? a tax-free savings account, or a registered retirement savings account? So to answer the question, we need to know real quick what they are. So a tax-free savings account is a great investment with probably a terrible name because it implies that it's a savings account or a bank account. And in reality, is it's an investment tool. So you can invest in, in, in and think of it like this. You could take an investment and you could put one in a TFSA and one in an RSP. Same investment, different tool. This tool over here that's called the tax-free savings account, it does not have any effect on your tax return. So you don't post it to your tax return when you file in April. Um, it can grow. It can be low risk, medium risk, high risk. Uh, it's got op you know, options on different kinds of investments. And it grows 100% tax-free. So when you withdraw that money, you don't pay any tax on it, principal or growth. On this side of your the coin, you have the RSP it does have an effect on your taxes. So you do file and it, it, it reduces the income tax that you will owe in that tax filing period. So here's the key. You'll get a refund. You potentially, and a lot of people do it to get a refund, you reduce the amount of income tax that you're gonna pay in that particular tax year because you're deferring it into the future. So if you do an RSP in April this year, and you get a refund, that's actually the tax that you would have paid had you not done it. So that money, theoretically, what happened, should happen is that money should be taken and invested in a tool for the future so that you pay the tax. Because when you take the money out of an RSP, it is 100% taxable. So that's the difference between the two. Now, which one's better? Depends on your financial situation. If you're not taxable and there's no advantage to getting an RSP and you're not reducing your taxable income, then it's not as helpful to you. Um, TFSA might be your, your baby. But if you there's nothing wrong with using both. So here's the cool thing. You don't have to pick between the two. It depends on your situation. So if you want to reduce a little bit of taxes and you want to invest that money that you got in a TFSA, 
you can do that. So the trick is, if you will, it's not really a trick, but the key concept is make sure you're paying attention to your contribution limit. Contribution limits matter. So you're allowed so much to contribute to an RSP, so much to contribute to a TFSA. So make sure you don't exceed them. Um, what was the other thing I threw out before the break? There was a question about, oh yes, line of credit versus credit card. So a line of credit <clears throat> is basically just a amount of money that you have access to and you only pay interest on it if you use it. The interest rate can be 6%, let's say, for argument's sake, it's 6 7%. So if you borrow money on your line of credit, you have to pay the interest on it. You always have to pay the interest every month. You don't have to pay the principal every month, but you owe it still, of course, but you just have to make sure the interest payment gets paid. And that way we aren't gonna get into credit scores and your credit reports, but you wanna make sure that keeps you in good credit standing. Um, a credit card is you're putting it on your little plastic card. And if you don't pay it, the interest rates are usually on average between 20 and 30%. They're substantial. So if you're not paying that off every month and you're going to use it like a loan, or you're going to use it like a line of credit, then you're going to be paying an awful lot in interest. And you want, th that's where people, the, that's where people really find themselves getting in trouble. But the magic of compounding is also something that works against you. So compound interest can be great when you're investing, you get reinvesting of dividends and all this. It works the exact same way on a credit card, only you're owing it and you're paying it. And if you look at the bottom of your credit card, it'll say, if you only pay the minimum amount, it will take you 103 months to pay this off or however they break it down. So depending on what you're using it for, depends on which one could be better because it does take time to set up a line of credit. You do have to get approved and you do have to go through a financial institution to get one. A credit card, typically you can apply and get one pretty easily and pretty quickly. There's a lot of credit card companies out there. Um, if it's going to be something short-term and you're only going to use it one time, you know, in short-term, I mean like a month or two months, maybe it's worth using the credit card to pay it off. If it's going to be something you do later or longer and you can see it being used more than maybe a line of credit. Uh, but overall, you need to have it fit into your financial plan and there has to be a plan to pay it off. So hopefully some of that little smorgasbord and uh, mishmash of financial uh, information was helpful to you tonight. Download our app, join us every Monday night, and we'll be here to tackle something every Monday. And you can't miss next week because I have um, Ed uh, Hagem on and he is spectacular and his book about um, the road less traveled uh, he's from Wall Street he's amazing Got a deal. thank you for choosing to listen to Financially Speaking Radio Show Kathy Cook Noble will return next Monday at 4pm Eastern Standard Time 3pm Central 2pm Mountain and 1pm Pacific on InspireChoicesNetwork.com we hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by making the choices that bring you all that you desire.